welcome to the latest episode of the Copcast podcast. We are coming to you at the day after Manchester City have just been bested at Anfield. Uh, the Mighty Reds have won 3-1. And uh, yeah, joining me to talk about this game and get into the nitty gritty and sort of bask a little bit in the reflected glory. I've got a, a stellar panel over in uh, Belfast. I've got Dave Dunning, a voice you'll be uh, very familiar with. How's it going, Dave? It's going very well, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It's a, it's a nice feeling on a Monday. Um, obviously, that's one we've been looking forward to all year. And to come out like that is, is class. So, um, yeah. And uh, take it. Uh, well, you didn't drink that much yesterday, so you're feeling pretty good as well. No, I didn't drink that much yesterday. I was just saying to you, I just had to go down to the bar to watch a game and paid my fucking £30 fucking subscription to the match <laughs> in beer and whiskey. Six subscription. Yep, six pound subscription. So yeah, people tell people say it's dear to buy TV. Well, let me tell you, there's fucking dear ways to watch football and ban fucking Sky. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Just skipping around work a day like a like a fifteen year old. So it was great. Nice. How about you? Do you have a nice time? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Giddy almost. And joining Dave uh, over in Liverpool, we've got uh, Jay Reed. How you doing, Jay? Absolutely marvelous, my friend. Great, great to great to have you on. What a day, like. Oh, it was great. Um, the only downside is I've got a massive bruise on the back of my calf where I over-celebrated and landed on the chair in front of me <laughs> in, the, in the ground. But, you know, we take these pains and pleasures when we uh, smash these champions of England 3-1 because we are the champions of Europe. That's it. That's, that's, it, part, of your, that's part of your season ticket cost the same way that beer is part of my <laughs> subscription. <laughs> it is. It only happens a few games a season when you're in the Anfield Road because you don't get too rowdy, but... When the big boys come, it's a sight to behold when the top of the Anfield roll go a bit mental. Excellent. And making up the final part of our uh, panel tonight is, over in um, Cyprus is Cengiz Kukiri. How are you doing, Cengiz? Uh, I'm also great, mate. Cheers. Um, I had today off. Um, I was off work, so I had the chance to properly enjoy the game yesterday in a really nice um, English pub on top of the mountain. I had a nice Sunday roast dinner. Um, and just like Dave, pretty much spent um, uh, a whole month subscription just enjoying like a pub experience in Cyprus. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, no hangovers, um, no blue Monday, just absolutely fantastic. Great, great. No, stuff. it's a red Monday, man. Red it's Monday. a red Monday. <laughs> Jumping in there. Nice, great. perfect. So, to talk about that red Monday, then I'll, I'll just jump straight in here. Jay, obviously, you were at the game. Um, so played out. Uh, there, I've heard a lot of lot of lot of comment on the game. A um, lot of different takes on it. Some some saying that um, City City were much much bolder and 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 had it in their head to really come out and play, and that the, they had the best of the first five minutes, and we possibly uh, hit them against the run of play. And other people saying, well, it was yeah, it was. Liverpool controlled the game by by doing that, and it was uh, it was kind of textbook. Uh, what what was your take on it in general? How did you feel about how we started and, and how the game progressed? I think overall it's what you'd probably sum up most of our performances as this season, which is a professional job well done. We we let them have the first five minutes and you know see what they were going to bring, which I think was probably a tactic on our side where we thought, well, let's see what they're going to bring this year because they've brought cagey, they've brought all-out attack. We know what we want. We want fast and ferocious attacking football because that's how we play best. But, you know, you, we give them the chance and then 
for the next 65, 70 minutes, it was it was our game in our backyard and we dominated. And only when they got the goal back with about 20 minutes to go, I think it was, give or take, was when they sort of got a bit of ascendancy. But I thought, had they have pushed on and even got it back to 3-2, that we would have just went down the other end and just made it 4-2 anyway, because we seem to have the ability in the tank that we could have stroke again if we wanted to. We sort of slipped back into third, second gear and let them have a bit too much of the ball. But there was no fear around the ground. There was no panic even when they got the goal. It was a calm, professional attitude, which is nice to see because we've become this machine and it was a very machine-like performance where we just done what we had to do when we'd done it professionally and properly. Interesting, interesting take. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably go along with you. You know, there was a lot of debate pre-game, as you said, about um, what Man City would turn up because um, Pep generally plays the same tactics. But of course, there was a big, uh, big scene last year when he turned up at Anfield and completely, completely different tactics, sat back and so on. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think um, control was rested back um, from us, and and we. Yeah, we, we stamped our authority on it a little bit. I mean, Cengiz, as, as far as I could tell from the beginning, th- there was a little bit of sparring, and then Liverpool took their chance, didn't they? I mean, Fabinho rockets one in, and, and from then on, for me anyway, I think I think we were pretty much in control of that first half. I mean, what, what was your take on it? What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't really know um, what to expect from the game, um, especially in the... In the early minutes, but I think it was quite evident that um, Pep had the idea that he would maybe try and um, have a go at us really, really early uh, during the game. You can tell as soon as the game kicked off, I think they just booted the ball um, close, to, close to our goal and it went out for a throw in. And then they had this like uh, first couple of minutes of um, um, constant pressure and like many set pieces coming one after the other. Um, but it was kind of contradictory to kind of. Uh, what Pep has been saying as well, you know, he he he's been talking about um, how good we are in the transitions. That it's 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 the 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 strongest um, strength of uh, a Jurgen Klopp side, even going back to um, uh, the Dortmund days. Um, so it was kind of surprising that they tried to um, take the game to us so early on and put really high pressure. And uh, you could see, um, okay, there was the situation with the handball, and they were complaining, but. Um, the moment we started the transition and we hit them on the break, um, there weren't there weren't that many uh, city players going back, and you you, you saw how much um, space Fabinho had, um, uh, even though it, it was an absolutely incredible finish um, and, and absolutely not stoppable. But um, I think Pep was kind of uh, the victim of his um, uh, of his own tactics. Um, but I suppose you know if if you do come to Anfield. Um, some teams have tried like Spurs where they got the early goal and, um, you know, they tried to cling on to that, but it didn't work for them. But, you know, with City, um, considering how, how good they are with the ball, maybe it was kind of their, um, their idea to try and get that very early goal. And then, uh, instead of us trying to play our transition game, they tried to maybe give us the ball, um, so we could kind of have sustained pressure. Uh, going forwards, trying to get an equalizer, and then they could hit us on the break. So try and try and give us um, some of our own medicine. But 
Um, yeah, it didn't work out for them. Uh, we get the early goal with uh, a brilliant strike from Fabinho and then um, Mo gets um, at the second um, shortly after. Um, it, w- it was just a fantastic um, game of football overall. Um, I think, you know, the, the early goal kind of um, allowed us to uh, play our normal game. Um, I think I thought the fullback, uh, the fullbacks were um, absolutely amazing again. Um, Robo with the assists and uh, Trent's diagonal balls. Um, I, I thought Trent was given a um, kind of a test by Sterling at times, but he handled it quite well. Uh, the midfield um, was absolutely immense. Um, uh, absolutely delighted for Gini Wijnaldum, who who had been gone a bit um, quiet and missing in the last few games or so, uh, but he was absolutely on his game. Um, same for Jordan Henderson. He was pressing at the right moments, uh, always in the right positions, and adapted really well with the uh, change in formation where he was shifted to the right-hand side, doing what he does again brilliantly, um, just making a run down the, uh, the right-hand side, putting a brilliant ball in, and Sadio Mane gets the header, so... Um, all in all, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, City had a, um, a good performance overall. Actually, they had quite a few chances to get more than, at least more than one goal, but uh, it just wasn't to be for them. And I think it's um, it's Carvalho well paid back. So yeah, as you, as you rightly said, uh, to a man, Liverpool Liverpool were excellent. Uh, both fullbacks you mentioned, but uh, as you already say, City played well too. And uh, something Bernardo Silva said, I think, was. Uh, you can play. You can play well against this Liverpool side and find yourself two or three goals down before you before you really know before you've really worked out what's happening and how that's happened. And you think it was a, a bit of a case of that, Dave? You know, City turned up. They had they had a plan. I suppose they thought um, they they may as well roll the dice and, and go for it with their injuries and stuff. Maybe trying to sit in wouldn't have been the the best idea. And they've come. They've had a go. They've played well, but they've just been they've just been turned over. Yeah, I, it was it was a brilliant game of football. It was brilliant to watch. I, I think from from Pep's comments after the game, I think he put a lot of emphasis on getting the first goal, and I think you saw that with City start, and then obviously we get the early goal. We complete nine passes in the first five minutes of the game, which I thought was staggering. But and I nearly I don't know whether it was by accident or design, but. I don't know whether we surrendered possession, but we 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 had no in the early parts of the game we had no interest in keeping any sort of sustained amount of possession of the ball. We were so direct, we passed through the line so so quickly. We were so forward thinking in the passes, and it was it was two three passes per chance creation in the first in the first twenty minutes or so. And you see that with the goals, you know themselves, you know Robbo straight down the line to Mane, Mane pulls it back and it pops out to Fabinho and he rifles it in, and then it's you know it's four from Trent gets the ball, it's four touches so it's in the back of the net, three players and four touches, and we just exploited all that space um, on the breakdown, and then we seem to settle into it a bit more, and we stretch them massively, crossfield pass after crossfield pass. I've never seen anyone Aldum switch the ball so often. I didn't even I was beginning to think he didn't have that pass in his locker. But he he, he was playing really, really wide. Henderson was playing playing really wide and we just made the pitch so huge and allowed allowed our forward players um and, and the fullbacks to, to really exploit the space. And then we we played like that for probably, you know, the the 50, 55 minutes from from two nil 
from 20 minutes on, probably we'll get a grip of the game. And then and then the last 20, we just we just say, right, do you know what, guys? We're 3-0 up. Do your best. Come and score three goals against us because I can't remember the last time that happened. And they scored a good goal. Great finish for Bernardo Silva. You have to give it to him. But the guys are right. I just I just think it was a really excellently managed performance. We, we managed the game in, in those three different phases, I thought. And... Um, I think City a little bit naively early on in the game played into our hands a little bit. But ultimately, I just didn't see us losing that match at, at any point. And, and the quality was there all over the park and the intensity was, was incredible. The pace that it was played at, the formation and the structure of the team off the ball was so evident. And... We just didn't allow them really to play their game in the areas that they wanted to play it. And I didn't think for any stage we were really hemmed in, bar, say, the last 10 minutes. Uh, but what's interesting there is, you, you know, what you say is, is exactly, well, it's pretty much spot on. So, uh, especially in terms of us giving them the ball or, or surrendering possession, shall we say, in the opening stages and, um, and looking to hit looking to hit and exploit that space. And that, I mean, that's something that um, you, you have to wonder a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that City played into our hands, and I would say they, they probably did. I mean, it was quite, it was a relatively, although City played excellently and Liverpool played better, it was relatively straightforward for Liverpool in a sense in that they scored the goals at the right time. It was kind of a, kind of a, you know, a 1-2 in the sense you're 2-0 up in 15 minutes. Then, you're three 0 up within six, seven minutes of the beginning of the set of the, the second half, and essentially you're right. You coast certainly for about fifteen minutes before the goal. We've been coasting, and you know we, they score, and then we we see the game out with with barely. Uh, I don't think they have another shot. I think their only claim or the only bit of action after they score that's anyway dangerous is their uh, appeal for the, the handball, the second handball on Trent, which is never handball. Um, so again, we've managed the game out really well. Do, do you think, Jay? I'm going to come to you on this because um, obviously a lot's been mentioned a little bit about Guardiola and and uh, you know not so much mind games, but his his mental capacity or not capacity, but mental state as regards um, Liverpool and and how he thinks about us and how he has nightmares and so on. But is this another case where he's, he's maybe got things a little bit wrong at Anfield? You could say that, yeah. I think Klopp's the the leading manager against him now in in terms of results. I think he's beat him nine times. And he's unbeaten in maybe twelve or thirteen games. I don't know exactly the exact stats, but I think it's that's the ninth time he's beat him in his career, and it's the most. So you could certainly say there's something of a a hex in terms of he can't quite figure Klopp out. He thinks he can figure him out, but whatever he he, he is doing, Klopp's always one step ahead and. I think you just have to look at the way they, they approach the game. They come with an attitude of probably trying to have a go, but not over-exert themselves. And it did play into our hands the fact that they had inverted forwards with Sterling and Bernardo, who always want to come inside onto the, the stronger foot, which then frees up our full-backs when the possession turns over. And as much as the plaudits that they do get, and I think it was on match of the day in, in the UK anyway yesterday, last night, was how good Trent was in his distribution and some of his balls that was playing. But 
I don't think anyone can stop us when we get the ball and we'll we'll manipulate teams over one side of the field, whether that be to the right or the left, and then the other fullback on the opposite side ghosts forward. And the defence are too occupied in Mane and Salah and Firmino that this play is always left open. So all it takes is one switch of play and that player has instantly got freedom. And that's where our, our first goal come from a switch of play um, out towards the left. And then the second one, especially when Trent pinged out with his left foot to Robbo and into Salah, then no one can defend against that as much as you probably try unless you come and literally put 10 men behind the ball and say, come and break us down. But we'll find ways. We've done that. We've proven it this season. We will find a way to break it down. But in these big games, that was probably the the trick that Pep missed where he, he might have thought he could do something to try and nullify them. But you, you really can't because they'll play that way. And if, if it's not the full-backs, it's the front three and... Yesterday it was the midfield. They were they ran riot. That's that's the best I've seen that midfield free play. Which credit where credit's due. I think the majority of fans probably think that's a bit of a safe option. And I have always doubted Henderson, but the game changed yesterday when he went off. He he gave something that I didn't think he was given because I thought he was getting beat a few times and not tracking his men. But when he went off, Sterling just seemed to run riots against Trent and he got the best of him a few times in the last 10 or 15 minutes and it was telling obviously that Klopp had to bring Gomez on and sort of a bit more strength and muscle and he dealt with them a little bit better but yesterday's <laughs> midfield was the best I've seen us play for a long time with that midfield three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think all three of them played played really well. Uh, Fabinho, of course, gets his goal and he's pretty much the, the first name on that, that midfield list these days anyway but Endo does really, really well. Gets the uh, gets the assist, of course, which is what everyone's talking about. But you're right; it was noticeable after he went off. Sterling had several goals at Trent. He had that one really where if he had a better finish on him, he would have scored. Uh, he, al- he also went down very. I mean, I say very easy. He dived. I, he I dived. Wasn't, it dived. Yeah. There's, there's no lying about it. And I was up behind it in in the top of the Anfield Road, and you could see he was probably half a yard away from Trent and he just threw himself to the ground. But nothing will be mentioned about that because he's Sterling and he's English. Had that been Mo Salah or Mane, they'd be all over the press today. And that's the negative bias towards foreign players that we have in our country. It's wrong because Pep made a huge deal out of Mane last week and the only diving that Mane done was for the header. But nothing about his fellow who goes down with a hint of a breeze, but you know that that's that's the times that we live in at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. Well, certainly, yeah, so it's, it's always sort of the way certain players are highlighted, uh, perhaps unfairly. Certainly, Manny was highlighted unfairly. It wasn't wasn't even a dive back. The guy stood on his foot, but uh, but yeah, it was quite apt for him to score the goal in the way that he did. Like not not quite Luis Suarez's celebration, but to score a goal with a diving header against the, the manager who's just accused you of being a diver is, is, is pretty poetic. So we'll settle for that. Um, so Cengiz, Jay mentioned the midfield there. Um, we singled uh, all of them out, actually, to, to talk about them. Genie, of course, had a, had a great game. I think you mentioned him earlier. He was a colossus. I'd actually, he, he was definitely up there for, 
for my man of the match. Um, so yeah, anyone else that you wanna you wanna pick out uh, in the game? Anything else that stood out for you about it? Of course, uh, the the special mention would have to go to, to um, up or every single in individual midfielder that uh, stepped foot on the pitch. So all three of them, but I think it was just a case of every single player on the pitch really stepped up. I mean, Lovren was quite it was quite quiet with regards to Lovren. No one really talked about him that much, but. Even that speaks for you itself. You can say you know, it. You can, you can say it. You can say it. He's, you can say it, Tango. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> he had a good game. He was all right. He was okay. I yeah, mean, he was good. Nothing negative to say even about Lovren. So, like, I mean, come on. Like, that, that's that's a good thing, no? I yeah. mean, so, I mean, bottom line is I thought no one really had a poor game. Everyone was really uh, focused and concentrated. There wasn't any 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 specific mistakes that kind of uh, led to any panic moments. So I, th I thought we were just really super composed and very focused uh, on getting the job done. And um, that's that's the one um, key thing uh, about this Liverpool side and why um, they're called mentality monsters or, or the or the machine because um, you can rely on every single player to um, give you that very focused um, performance. Uh, in order to get the job done, uh, because essentially, you know, um, especially in, in the age now where uh, you can barely celebrate a goal because of uh, any possible um, cancellations with uh, with VAR and whatnot, you know, it, it's it's become an incredible, incredibly tight margin uh, game. You know, every single game relies on really tight margins, whether it's um, marginally offside, onside, or if it if there's the slightest touch of, of the fingertip or whatever. So, um, you know, it's it's not just down to one or two good player performances. I think you really need now in this in this day and age for every single player in the squad um, to be on top of their game uh, and very focused. And that's exactly what we're doing, uh, you know. And that's exactly why we were uh, six points ahead of City uh, before, the, uh, before, before Sunday's game. Um, and now we're nine points ahead because, um, you know, if, if it wasn't for every single player being um, on their toes and uh, being very alert as to what's happening around them and, you know, uh, being very concentrated, it, it's so easy to um, just uh, one, one single lapse of concentration and then um, you find yourself a few goals behind and then it's almost impossible to come back in certain cases. So... Um, just big up to the team as to how um, they're being coached, um, their mental mental strengths, and and how they've managed to keep up. Uh, uh, it's it's just really really impressive how they're managing to um, uh, keep it up at this level because you know the 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 stakes are really high, uh, the pressure is there, uh, the media um, is always on our case. You know, we, you just touched upon. Um, how how money being a diver kind of became the agenda before the before the game, even though it's it's an absolute. I mean, it's just absolute bollocks. It's it's all there to try and kind of put put extra pressure on the players to try and maybe take the focus off uh, uh, their performance and try and you know maybe um, create that lapse of um, uh, concentration. But you know the boys really are mentally incredibly strong, um, and it's just this consistency in performance. In every single one of them, uh, which is uh, the reason why we are where we are. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You talk about kind of the determination and, and 
sort of getting the job done. I mean, and Dave, it is. I mean, that's one thing you can definitely say about about this this Liverpool side this this season is that they mean business. What's the word? But there's a there's a there's an ethic about them that says we're not. We know what needs to be done, and we're going to go out and do it. Workmanlike, not the right word, but you know, it's very much a a will can do will do attitude and and whatever it takes and. You know, we've, we've just rolled on again. It's been been mentioned, the machine, the red machine, whatever. Um, anyone who gets in our way, we, we seem to be able to dispatch. And, and for the first time, well, maybe not the first time, but we've talked already this season about not necessarily being on it that often. And it looked very much, well, was very much the case that Liverpool were on it to a man on, on Sunday. We seem to perform one level above the other team. Whatever that level might, whatever that level may be, yeah, that's yeah. what we that's what we seem to do. We seem to we seem to just decide in the first ten minutes or so. Okay, we we know we know what level we're going to need to play at to win this game, and we do that. And the other thing, again, and I've written a list down here because the absolute shithousery throughout that game from the Reds was fucking <laughs> top top level. It was unreal. Honestly, standing over free kicks. Mane's offside. Do you see Mane's offside where he, the ball comes to him and he stands offside? He just kicks it into the stand. Yeah, he's booted Mane's away, though. Yeah, you've, 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 you've little, like, I don't know how many little trips Fabinho gets away with just to, just to break the play up and just to break momentum. Trent shoves Sterling into the advertising hoardings. Robbo fucking gives Walker wee nods into the advertising boardings. Genie is right up. I've never seen Wijnaldum get so wound up. He was right up in the ref's face and right up with Walker um, after like the VAR decision for, for Fabinho's goal. Yeah, he was going to lose it. Like I know, he was absolutely mental. And then the piece de resistance at the end, Joe Gomez just picks Sterling up and, sets, <laughs> and just sets him away from him as if just to say... Get out of my fucking face, you wee Go punk. over there, little man. Yes, get away over there. Go and stand and go and, go and sit in an naughty step, you wee prick. It was absolutely brilliant. And we really got under their skin. And you can see we're under their skin. And you can see, well, we all we all saw how, how much we got under Pep's skin. You know, he's he's absolutely lost it. And is is the players, the players seem to seem to reflect that and embody that on the pitch and we've talked about how Liverpool and body clop on the pitch and that team now is is starting to look like it's a body and yeah but but it's it, it's 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 a reflection of the manager's deteriorating mental state if yeah. you if you want to be really hyperbolic about it slide um, into insanity yeah because <laughs> he he went absolutely off his tree and then it's all and Bernardo Silva afterwards oh no uh, uh, I can't say anything or I might get in trouble well yes Bernardo that's right because you've already you've already suffered from that once this year um, <laughs> so it, it's just it's just it's all I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself but that's that's three defeats and a draw this season in 12 you know they're dropping points at a rate of one in every in every four matches you know that's this is a worse start than City's first season under Pep when they finished fourth. Oh, it's the worst worst points total under Pep, uh, under Pep so far. It's Pep's worst start in a league season ever with anybody. Yeah, fewest number of points in twelve games. 
And I get there's the injury issues and whatever have you. And then there's the Mendy issue. Who the fuck was that boy, Angelino, or who the fuck he was? He looked like Joe Panagliano from The Matrix. He did, actually. He does look like him a bit. He started the game, though, against uh, Atalanta. I saw him play during the week, or maybe it was a week before. I've seen him play before. But yeah, it's an interesting one because Mendy seemed to be seemed to be back in. He seemed to, and you know, uh, from nowhere again. Of course, nobody ever seems to know what's wrong with him, or is he injured, or is he out of favor, or what's the deal? Uh, but yeah, Angelino came in, and and to be fair to me, hit the post in the first half. He did hit the post, and he was decent going forward. But he positionally, he was just all over the place. He was all over the place, um, and Henderson Henderson pressed him into into submission. By the end of the by the by the time he'd gone off, he was very Marino like for me. Yeah, that's He's not a, a bad comparison. Going, going backwards, he was clueless, but going forwards, he wasn't threatening. He put he put quite a few dangerous balls across like the edge of the box, the six yard box, which I turned and said to me, "It's like." He's got a delivery on him. He knows what he's doing. But going backwards, he was a car crash. But, you know, that that's the way probably Pep encourages them to play and just go one way, really. Yeah, I just it was it was bizarre because at times, he was so narrow at times, he was nearly holding Fernandinho's hand. But then for the Salah goal, Salah manages to get in between the two of them. I don't know, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm watching that in hindsight because that was like 12 minutes in and maybe I just give them the frighteners and he decided to leave like absolutely no space um, between him and Fernandinho from that point on. But it just, we talked before the game about how this was all, how everything was nearly set up for us. Yeah. If we actually, if we actually took a step back and looked, looked, at the, looked at the fixture logically with all of the narrative surrounding it, it was set up for us, and actually, it it just panned out exactly as any logical, probably neutral football fan would have been able to suggest that it would. Absolutely, it went to script basically. I mean, I I said to Knight, who uh, you know, uh, just before uh, we kicked off, just looking at the teams, and, and you're going, well, City's City's weaknesses are in their spine. There, I mean that that. You know, we've got Claudio Bravo, you you you're playing a Stones and Fernandinho centre half partnership, playing Rodri in front there, hoping that he's gonna do the Fernandinho job. And you've got a you've got Aguero up front who's who's never scored in Anfield. And and on top of that, you you've kind of got weaknesses at the sides as well, with somebody like Angelino coming in there. And just to cap it off, as as Jay mentioned earlier, you're playing in inverted forwards. You know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit there because you're leaving Trent and uh, and Robbo so much space. Um, so yeah, it, it it did kind of go to plan, it, it, or not plan, but it did kind of kind of run to the script. Uh, you could have predicted, it, and, and and many people did, I'm sure. You know, have their money on it or whatever. Um, I mean, it's it's a vital it's a vital win for Liverpool, of course. Um, it was a, the biggest game of the season without a shadow of a doubt up to this point, and it leaves us now. Nine points clear uh, of Man City, who are in fourth. Um, surprisingly enough, with uh, with Leicester and Chelsea a point ahead of them, I believe, uh, putting us eight points clear at the top of the table. We've played, I think, all our other top six rivals in inverted commas. Yeah, we've played all of the we've played all of the historic top six and the actual. Yeah, we've played top them six. all. You know. Um, 
we have produced performances, some of them some of them scintillating, some of them less so, but they've all yielded results. And uh, you know, every test, as we've mentioned before, every test that's put in front of us, we um we rise to and and we 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 um surpass, shall I say. Uh so so yeah, where now? I mean what's what does this mean? Obviously, there's a lot of talk. Is the, is the league over and all that? I mean, you can't say that it is. Of course, you can't. It's it's only November. But, I mean, you're looking at that now. And, and City come back and they play Chelsea. Chelsea have um, kind of surprised everyone, really. I think nobody thought they would be would be this hot. I mean, there's seven or something like seven wins in a row. Or, um, and they've, they've boosted themselves up to third place. And suddenly that becomes a little bit trickier. For City, whereas I, up until this point, I hadn't really considered that they would have an issue with any other team other than us. Well, I mean, what do you think, Nigel? What does it do to the to the whole situation? I think yesterday it it doesn't decide the title, but it puts a massive marker down in terms of our statements of what we are this season. And as you say, we've we've played the nominal top six and we've played the positional top six, and the only points we dropped was, was sloppy two points at Old Trafford but if you look at who City have got coming up just before Christmas alone as you say they, they play Chelsea but that's a 5.30 kickoff after we've been to Palace at that point they could be 12 points behind us and should they slip up which is more than possible because Chelsea have got a fearless attitude with the young players that they've got they could be 10 points behind us if they get a draw uh, no 11 points behind us if they get a draw out with Chelsea be 10 should obviously we do the business at Palace but even after that just up until Christmas they go to Newcastle which they'll be up for it's a big game and they haven't done much this season Newcastle but they get up for big games and especially at home they go to Burnley on a Tuesday night midweek which won't be easy Middle of December, early on December, cold, wet, probably windy, not not ideal. First time Burnley, really, isn't it? Yep. And then they play the derby against United. Then they go to the Emirates. Then they've got Leicester at home. That's all before Christmas. So, if you're telling me they're not dropping at least points in two or three of them games, and compare that to what we've got, all right, we're, we're all talking in hindsight, but. Our fixtures between them are Palace away, which we've touched on, Brighton at home, Everton at home, Bournemouth away, Watford at home, and then obviously we go to Qatar and whatnot. But you would like to think we've got one, two, three home fixtures, which we should fancy ourselves against anybody at home, going to Palace and going to Bournemouth, which we would like to think Palace had a bit of a car crash at home on Bournemouth and not really doing much going forward or going backwards. So, should we pick up 15 out of 15, you could see the gap significantly bigger before Christmas. And if, if we get to Christmas and the gap's bigger than what we've got now, I think that pretty much puts a massive stamp on you've got to come and do something special to catch us and we've got to have a major, major collapse. Because right now, as it stands, we've got to lose three games or we've got to drop points in five. And I really don't see us doing that. Not the way we're playing at the moment. And we've still got players out to come back in. You're missing the likes of Massive, Shakiri, Kate has still got to get going. We've still obviously got to get more out of 
the likes of Oxley Chamberlain to come into the team on a regular basis. So we've still got players to come back in and strengthen us. I just don't really see where we're going to mess up. And I think things that have gone on in the past, we, we've learned from that. And we, we say we're mentality monsters and we really are. I don't really see where we're going to slip it up. I'm not saying the magic words of what everyone wants us to hear, but I just don't see us slipping up as much as we've done in the past. I think we now are too professional and too too mature to, to throw this away. Music to my ears, really, but uh, yeah, I would, uh, I, I would, I would venture something similar. I mean, Cengiz. I mean, Mourinho said we're the complete puzzle, um, and the puzzle, not a puzzle. So that, that's a good thing. Um, we've um, we've got all the bits. We've got all the parts. Every everything is covered. As Jay says, there, um, you don't see this this Liverpool slipping this Liverpool side slipping up making those silly mistakes I don't think they they would allow themselves to do it I don't think they would allow each other to do it I heard earlier today City need or if City are going to get a 100 points again they can afford one more defeat and then they have to win every single game so I mean yeah Jay mentions the fixtures as well we've got very very favourable ones on, on paper they've got their their tough patch coming up in inverted commas how do you see it going? Do, do you think City are, are going to be able to to kind of pick themselves up and 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 make us kind of win every game, or do you think that they might, as 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 Jay mentioned, they might also uh, suffer a little bit over this next run of games, as as it seems to yeah, well, seems very difficult on paper, and a lot of them coming up obviously in the Christmas period. Yeah, well, I mean, you never know with City. So um, as as we as we found out. Um, at the back end of last season, uh, they're 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 more than capable of just uh, putting in a run of winning 12, 13, 14 games on the bounce or whatever. But uh, you know they really do have um, uh, a tough uh, stretch of uh, the next six games coming up, and that's uh, before before even Christmas, um, as Jay touched upon. Um, so I think in order for them to be able to get maximum points from all those games. They're going to need some key players to come back uh, in key positions. Otherwise, um, I can definitely see them uh, dropping a few points uh, from from those fixtures. Um, with regards to us, um, I mean, just like Jay mentioned, and also some other um, some other pundits, it's just really hard to see us how uh, and and which teams would um, uh, drop us any points at the moment. I mean. Um, I definitely cannot see us losing um, more than one or two games for the whole season, never mind um, this upcoming stretch. But I think that the key thing for us um, at the moment is um, trying to keep up uh, the fitness levels and you know just being a bit lucky with injuries. I mean, obviously City, um, they're missing so many key players at the moment, you know, when you think of Laporte, Sané um, and a few others. But you know, especially if we manage to keep our um, uh, our fullbacks uh, fit, considering you know we have plenty of uh, options in midfield. Um, you know, we, we obviously still have um, uh, Keita and um, Oxlade Chamberlain to fully uh, cement their place in the midfield. At the moment, they're still kind of uh, you know squad players are playing in uh, in different competitions rather rather than the league. But uh, we've seen how how good Oxlade Chamberlain uh, can be. He, he's almost uh, nailed on to score a goal if he's studying nowadays. 
Um, and Keita, he, he, his performances have been a bit more up and down, but he, he has shown that he can put in a good performance um, uh, in certain games. But I think uh, the, the, the most crucial uh, part of our game at the moment is, um, is our fullbacks. And uh, if we can manage to uh, keep Robo and Trent um, up to speed and, and healthy, um, I think uh, we should be fine. I mean, considering especially... Uh, even though we, we've managed to, um, at times when they're not available, um, uh, compensate more than good enough and still manage games um, uh, and win them with uh, the likes of Millie or um, Hendo dropping into right back or even Gomez, even though we don't like seeing him playing at right back. Um, we, we've kind of um, seen still good performances, but um, on a longer stretch, if, if we were to see one of these two players... Um, out for a considerable time. I think it could impact our game. Um, so I'm just hoping for um, or, or good luck with, with regards to our squad fitness. Um, and I think we should be fine. Um, and with regards to Mourinho, um, it, it, it was quite fun watching him uh, talk about um, how awesome we are and also put company in his place, uh, reminding him of who the European champions are. Um, but I think he has a good point that, you know, I, it's just kind of a shame that he kind of exposed um, uh, one key uh, uh, future which teams kind of neglect at some point. And certainly that's what City did, uh, is that they were allowing space uh, between um, the defenders. So Salah was very uh, free in um, uh, making runs between um, Angelino and um, I guess on that side it was John Stones um, or Fernandinho. But... So at the right place to remind that, you know, the last time Mourinho decided it was um, the right uh, manner to play uh, a narrow defense um, and not trying to give space to Salah or Mane or whatever, um, he lost 3-1 at um, Anfield and that eventually cost him his job. So um, I guess there is just no um, proper way to um, defend against the red machine nowadays. And it's just um, absolute music to my ears or whatever else you want to call it because um, we've we just reached um, that level where you, you think you can kind of um, identify a certain weakness, whether you can try and shut um, Salah down or prevent him from making uh, the run uh, between defenders or whether you try and stop our fullback play. And we touched upon this earlier where you, you maybe try and concentrate um, onto one side of the pitch to stop uh, Trent from progressing with the ball and then he just makes that diagonal um, switch to the other side and you know the left side of the pitch is uh, completely uh, free and you know we we continue uh, the, the ball progression in the same manner if you like in same intensity and then you have um, our incredible midfield who you know it, it's it's crazy that every single game you you kind of look at that um, that safe option midfield three uh, you know the usual suspects and it's never really it never really excites you when you see, when you kind of see that lineup or at least a certain certain parts of the fan base but i mean they never let you down do they you you do get the every now and then slightly underwhelming um uh performance by one or two of the midfielders but you know it's you know we're competing on all fronts whether it's the fullbacks going up and down whether it's the physicality in the midfield that prevents the opposition from um, doing any sort of uh, uh, midfield play and winning every single midfield battle. And then you have the front, front three who speak for themselves. Um, and we're also an incredible thre uh, threat from set pieces. 
So it's, you know, you, you try and um, stop something and then we, we just pop up with a set piece goal from a corner, uh, whether it's Mane um, uh, from, from the, um, on the near post or uh, Fabinho or Oxlade Chamberlain from outside the box. So it's just, you know, we, we have the full, full tricks up our sleeves and we're going to take some stopping to, um, this season in, in all competitions. Yeah, absolutely. We've got many, many ways to, to, to beat you and uh, we tend to, to kind of find a way. So, so Dave, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as we've we mentioned, it's, uh, it's early in the season and there's, there's a long way to go in that. But everyone's come now. Everyone's come and uh, we've mentioned that they've, you've tried various different ways and uh, parking the bus or having a go or um, blocking the middle and leaving space on the, on the wings or parking the wings and leaving space in the middle. And nothing's really worked. So, um, yeah, what now then? For Where's the trouble coming? I mean, we've got Palace. Obviously, we've got uh, next game when we come back is Palace away. We've managed to get over our Palace hoodie. We had a we had a couple of years where things weren't great for us in Palace. They were a, sort of a, a mini bogey team, but uh, we've, we've quite yeah quite emphatically gotten out of that position. So, I mean, what what is it now? Is it uh, Cengiz mentions injuries? There'll be obviously there's going to be rotation comes into play when we talk about the um, the Carabao Cup and the and the World Club Championship and stuff. So is, is it really just a case of kind of this is where Klopp earns his money, you know, sort of managing the rotating, managing the, the fitness, managing the levels, and and just making sure we we keep ticking over. What are the what are the potential pitfalls that you see? That's a good question, Chief. Yeah, tell me the future. Come on. Right, hold on, I've got the magic eight ball here. Um, <laughs> so look, I think the encouraging thing for me, the really, really encouraging thing for me, we've talked about the fixtures and City's fixtures, and and that's and that's great. They are what they are, and who we've played and what and what we've played. But you know, I talk I talk all the time about patterns emerging with with this side, and what we saw last year was how we hit our stride in December. It was eight eight wins out of eight in December. Uh, and we just looked unstoppable at that point. You remember, we just looked absolutely imperious. And people have talked about all oh, the fixture list and the World Club Cup and blah blah blah. We actually only play one more game in December this year than we did last year. We play nine matches, and one of those games is the Villa game. So I don't even know if you really want to count that. Let's call it half a game. So we play half a game more this year than we did last year. And then what we have is is a break. Isn't that is there's there's a winter break this year, isn't there? Yeah, there is, but it's yeah, not there is February or something, is it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's in February. Okay. Ours comes into effect in February. It's spread over the two week basis. So in terms of the way the fixture list is set up, I think it's you'll play you'll have five fixtures, so ten teams will play one weekend and then the following weekend the other ten teams will play so you get a weekend off. And I guess by looking at our fixture list in February, we play Norwich. It's penciled in for the weekend of the 8th at the moment, Saturday the 8th. And then we don't play again until the 22nd, which is West Ham at home. Now, there could be a potential FA Cup weekend in there, but I would say it could be that weekend um, that we've got a gap because it doesn't actually look evident on any other basis where we've actually got a gap in the fixtures, unless it's the end of January which I think actually might be the fourth round of the FA Cup, where we play Wolves on the 23rd, which is a Thursday, 
night and then we don't play till the following week on Saturday, which is Southampton at home. So it could be the last in January, but I think that's the FA Cup fourth round. So my guess is the second week in February. Okay, so that was that was our little sticky patch last year, wasn't it? It was kind of the the, the start of January, start to the middle of January. So for me, I'll have my eye on that to make sure we come through that as unscathed as possible. And I'm not sure how much mentality fed into that last year after going away and losing at the Etihad after potentially being able to to really put a nail in their coffin um, last season. So I think we've got the break. I think the plan is, Jürgen, get us out the fuck of the FA Cup as soon as you possibly can. And then he can use that break and we'll do that thing probably where we go, use the break and we'll maybe go away and, and then we'll come back and we'll not quite be ourselves. But again, it's, as you say, see if this is, like you, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to shed a bit of light on this, this from, from how you manage this in Germany. And I know the break isn't, isn't quite so long here as it was in Germany, but he will, and Jay touched on this last week about tapering this team up to this City game. But th- this is where he'll reset the players, and and we'll and he'll get he'll get his new base fitness up, and, and he'll go again. And you know, I think you stated before that, that he is historically stronger in the second half of the season. Yeah, generally he was with with Dortmund. He used to they used to absolutely fly through the, the second half of the season. But they have a much longer winter break. I mean, their winter breaks about four to six weeks, so it's basically a, a second preseason. Okay, so he will still use that probably then as one of those like Marbella four-day training oh, camps or something like that. There'll be a way um, training, yeah. But realistically, injuries, yeah, you might get you might get a you might get a, a a freak injury that occurs, you know, during a game like Salah's one the other week. But people have talked loads about Liverpool being lucky with injuries last season. You know, they were really lucky with injuries, and that's why we were able to go and do that. Well, actually, no, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think it's I don't think it's an a coincidence that these players are constantly fit. I think it's to do with the level of conditioning they're at. I think that the if you want to coin the old championship manager or football manager phrase, injury proneness of a player is built into the the considerations that we make whenever we are scouting. Also, the options that we have in the squad and, and, and the way that we're able to rotate the midfield because of the, the sheer bodies we have to play in that area, which is obviously the area which expends the most energy, I would say. So, you know, barring Mane, Fabinho doing something horrible during a game, I just, I just don't see where this team, the level drops, because we're still, get, we're still getting better. Like, let's, let's be realistic about this. We're still getting better. Yeah, I mean, this team's still got levels to go this season. I mean, uh, we've stepped up again from from last season. Uh, I think, you know, clubs being able to harness the disappointment um, in the league and, and bottle it, and, and we're going to use it again to go on and win the league this season, just like he managed with the Champions League the, the season before. And and we know that there are still further heights to be hit by, by the players we have this season. They're not all on, on top form yet. Most still... Listen, he's having a great season, but he's uh, he's he, he's still he, he can still do do better. 
Um, Sadio's ticking along really nicely, scoring a lot of scoring a lot of goals this season. He's going to give Mo uh, a proper run again. Those two are going to fight it out for for the Golden Boot and certainly for our for our top scorer, Bobby. There's more to come from him as well this season. We talk about Oxlade Chamberlain, Kaida. That that they're two obvious ones. Um, you know, of course, we've got uh, fullbacks in in fine fine form, just carrying on from where they were last season, and in fact, also adding goals. Um, which yeah, I mean that's that's amazing. So there there is a way to go. We've mentioned it before that we haven't fully clicked uh, that often this season. Uh, perhaps Sunday was a was a an example of a day where where the team did click, and and um, you know things things really went right. But yeah, this team is certainly improving. So just before we finish off, then. Um, we touched on on the next few fixtures, but um, I pulled them up here. We're looking at we've got uh, Palace away, Brighton at home, uh, Everton at home, Bournemouth away, and Watford at home. That takes us up to yeah to the to the World Club Cup and the, and the and the League Cup quarterfinal. So there's five games. So um, yeah, I just want to I just want a prediction for you how, how many points we're going to get uh, from those from the fifteen. So I'll just repeat them once more. We've got Palace away. Brighton at home, Everton at home, Bournemouth away, and Watford at home. So, Jay, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you reckon um, out of the 15? Uh, 15 out of 15, three clean sheets. Okay, okay, nice. You're going for it. Nice, lovely. I think, and... I think when we need clean sheets now, massively. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a shame that uh, Bernardo's uh, shot squirmed in the other day. It would have been nice to, to get that clean sheet, but yeah. I know what you mean. It'll it'll feel reassuring to have to have the zero in the in the goals against column again, a few times. Uh, okay, so Jay's gone fifteen. What do you reckon, Cengiz? Um, I it, it honestly feels like it it, it should be fifteen. Um, I do think that we we could accommodate uh, perhaps one draw out of the five fixtures, and if we were to draw one team. It would probably be Palace away, but I, I just can't see it um, happening on current form. So I'm also going to go 15. And actually, a bold statement, I'm going to say we're going to go invincible this season. Ooh, nice. Okay. Sticking the neck out a little bit, but why not? Yeah, I like it. Ballsy. So uh, another 15 then. And and Dave, what do you reckon? Are you going to make this a set? Or? Uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with, with Hengis there. I, I just... I just don't see where this team lose, genuinely. I said it last year as well. I said it like about this time last year. I was like, is this team ever going to lose again in the league? And they've lost fucking once since. Do you know what I mean? And that um, was City. And that was City. And that was fucking 11 millimetres. 11 millimetres, yeah. You know, so I, honestly, I think this this side has the ability to... I think this is the, I think this is the real genius of Klopp where he has managed to create a side that can figure a game out within it. And if something changes within the game, they can figure it out. And I just don't think that City have the ability to do that. The same way that they weren't able to figure us out on, on Sunday. They just, weren't, they just weren't able to adapt to what we were doing within the game. And we adapted, as we've talked, you know, three times within that game um, to the... To, the, the situation, to the scoreline, to, the, to the, the phase of the game that it was in, to the substitutions that were made. And we, we will continue to do it the whole way through the season. And 
I don't think that City, if it's not clicking for them, and this is this is why I think they struggle when they go behind, when it's just not working for them, they don't know what else to do. They don't have, and I don't want to get into plan Bs and stuff, but they just don't have the... The nice. Yeah, the nice, or I don't know if Guardiola doesn't empower them enough to, to go out and make those decisions themselves. I, I don't know what it is, but that's what I think the big difference is, and that's what I think it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, 15 points um, from these three games, and I think comfortably 15 points. I think this is where we. I think this is where we go up a level. We're not going to be winning games by the odd goal in this in this um, set of fixtures. I don't think. I think we'll see three nils and four nils and patterns, and everybody's just going to sit back and go, "Fuck me!" I just, I just can't be bothered playing Liverpool. You've done it. You know, you've done it. You, you write games off. If people used to do it at United all the time. They used to just write them off at the start of the season as we're not going to get any points in. They used to go into those games, especially at Old Trafford, with that mentality. And I, th- I think we're, I think we're absolutely, absolutely getting to that phase now with Liverpool. Well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at those fixtures. It's funny you say. I'm looking at those fixtures, and I, I, I'm guessing that minimum two of those sides have already had that. have already made that decision out of, out of the next five. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's, it's that that you want to get to, and it's that that that's likely to happen if, uh, if we can con- continue the way we are. Very interesting point you made there and the, the difference between us and, and City. And I think we touched on it a couple of weeks ago because we talked about pundits getting um, getting carried away and losing their shit over City, racking up a few, you know, three, four, five goals against, against you know, the bottom of the league teams at home. And, and we were saying that perhaps it's, it's actually more fun in a way, of course, with our bias as well, but to watch a team that will just work out what the other team is doing, whether it takes... 15 minutes, 5 minutes, 85 minutes. But no matter what it is, they'll work it out and they'll find a way to beat you. And, yeah, that that's what, what we have at the moment. So, interesting. Everyone's going for 15. And, I mean, I'll go for 15 as well. Uh, the only only one that potentially is a bit of a banana skin is is the Derby. But we're at home. Um, and we usually have positive results in those. So, we'll obliterate uh, them. You reckon? I mean, they're they're in they're in shocking form. They are. They're, sh- they're shite. They're shite at the back. They're shite going forward. He doesn't know his best team. The the, the whole fucking situation. He's second guessing himself. Full stop. Yeah. Sure. I think at this point, like. Yeah. It's it's toxic. It's toxic there right now. He, you know, I don't. He he he, he drops Sigurdsson. He puts Sigurdsson back in. He thinks he's worked it out because he fucking beat Southampton. He 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 doesn't want to play Moise Ken. He doesn't play Richardson through the middle. I don't fucking know. I don't know what he's doing. I've got no idea. I think Gomez will be a a big miss for them too. We'll do them a big favour by beating them and beating them handsomely and they'll probably sack him. And to be honest, you'll get a lot of blues who'll actually, who I know will be happy with that. If we we annihilate them at Anfield, he'll get the chop because the board won't stand for it and the fans won't stand for it. But I think actually we might do them a favour in their eyes in terms of getting rid of him. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think you might be right. I've been keeping an eye on them. Uh, saw, saw them against Spurs and they were poor. Saw bits of their game against Southampton. They're lucky in a way to come away. Well, I mean, they were good in the first half, but they're lucky in the end to come away with three points. Uh, I'm very disgruntled fan base up here. I'm telling you now. Like that, because obviously where I am, it's the core. But they're very disgruntled in terms of what's going on. The split 50-50 right down the middle of stick or twist. 
is it, it's, is it it's Rafa? Is it Rafa esque at his at, at the worst times, at the the bad days? Yeah, it's it's, it's coming to like when we had Rogers as well. Like after the we went into the the final start of the season with him, when after the it, it, yeah after the Stoke end of the season, and we we went into the new season, and everyone was saying he shouldn't be there, and, and it's it's like that now for them where it's just become toxic. Ah, oh, it's a double shame. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, far be it for us to, to, to revel in getting a, a Blues manager sacked, but sure. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there, I think, for this week. Um, so, um, yeah, lads, thanks very much for, for joining me. Uh, you've been great. Um, thanks, Chase. No worries, any time. And uh, dead on, Jay. And and nice to have you on, Chengis, as well. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks to all you for, for, for listening. Uh, if you have, well done for sticking with us. And uh, up the Invincible Reds.